0: Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me romance. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, welcome back to Read Me Romance. This is part two of Tory Baker's week. We've got Jack's for you. You're about to get the second installment in just a little bit, but we're going to tase you for a little while longer while we discuss lots of wonderful things, like allowing a 16-year-old to go out into the world and live her life the way she wants to. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to being where you are, Mel, I'll be honest. Yeah,
1: we were talking that because she went from like 14 to 15 in quarantine, and now she has her permit, and so... She's been stuck at mm-hmm. home, and we've never got this time to do, like, slowly going and dropping your off at people's houses and doing mm-hmm. that. And now it's like, you might as well She's do just going to drive? Yeah, she's going to be driving in six months anyway. anyways. What kind of – it just sucks mm-hmm. to not have that. Moment, I guess, of maybe busting her or catching on to things. <laughs> now she's just out there.
0: It's like, just, you're waiting on her to mess up. So. <laughs> but like you said, she's a good kid. She, she is. really is. I mean, she's had a couple of bumps on the road, but overall, in the scheme of things, there nothing yeah, bad. Yeah, she's not, like, the only rules she probably really
1: breaks is cursing, and she'll get physical. Yeah. And I just think that's, I, where, I think that's little man syndrome. She's so small. But if you yeah, come at her, yeah. she'll come at you. I remember they called me up at the school. They were like, she's going to fight with another boy. I'm like, I'm not even sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder where she gets the mouth from. Hmm. Not me. I don't remember <laughs> my mouth you. like
1: that.
0: No, the cussing? The cussing, probably, like, yeah. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, but you're right. You're not one to like run off at the mouth. Like you'll cuss in a second. Yeah, but I'm. I'm worse than you, so I, I do not fault her for that. Everybody else goes off at
1: the mouth besides me around here. My mom, my dad, Rob, all of them. I'm the only one <laughs> that can maintain calm. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's because I deal with all of that. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, like you said, innocent until proven guilty. (laughs) So, you know, she's a good kid, and, you know, she hasn't given you any reason to worry. She's been in quarantine. I mean, she really hasn't had a chance. But, you know, like, gosh, it just sucks. You know, I I was thinking the other day, I was like, oh, one's turning 10, and I just think, I'm glad she's not turning 16. I just keep telling
1: myself, you know, just remind her of all the things she has, and that you can take them all away. (laughs)
0: So you better keep. That sounds like great parenting to me. <laughs> you, you better
1: keep your shit in order. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't fuck it up. Yeah, that's no. so true. So something else I want to ask you: Did you watch the Grammys the other night? No. Do you? Do you ever watch the Grammys? Is that um, a thing?
1: I think if there was nothing on, but Sunday is like my favorite TV night because it's ninety days. So
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't get to watch it. I watched part of it live. I watched it when Megan Thee Stallion, when she got up and she won for best female or well, best rap album. I think it was. She's the first or she's the a black woman has that won it since 1999. And it was Lauryn Hill. And so she won. And it was like, so it was this huge deal. And Beyonce gave her the award and they had a song together. And it was like, she's like trying to hold it together. And she goes, i'm not gonna cry and then like i started crying when she said that I was like well i guess i'll cry i, for I you, seen man. some of them i
1: seen taylor swift going nuts when beyonce won again to beat a record yeah. it was nice uh-huh, seeing that because yeah. that's what i saw was the highlights of them all cheering for each other uh-huh. which is all these women you know cheering each other uh-huh. on
0: yes, the women that fucking swept. It was great. But not only that, like just the black women that got in on this. And it was just so like, I saw this one Instagram post today where this guy was like choked up. And he's like, he's like, I, y'all, you know, he's, I'm not trying to make this a race thing. He was like, But black women, and he just got all choked up when he was saying it. And there was another woman that's an off camera that you don't, you don't see her. But she says, she's like, we're unstoppable. She's like, when we get together, we're unstoppable. And it was just such an amazing moment. And the energy of them, like it it, it was, it's so good to see it. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine too. And she said, you know, it just felt so good seeing all these women lifted up, you know, where it's like, this is what we're working towards, you know, this is what, you know, women and allies and people that are supporting, you know, black women and black communities and and black lives and all this stuff. Like this is what we're pushing for is for, for this to be recognized, you know, for these, these incredible individuals to be seen and be counted and be, you know, just get all the awards because they deserve these things, you know? And it's just, oh, it was so good. It was, it was so good to see Megan get up there and just do the damn thing. And I had pulled up her um her girls in the hood. That's like my favorite song of hers right now, and I was listening to it today when I went to go pick up dinner, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, Megan, that's right. Like I was in the car seat. <laughs> like I'm so white, but like you know, I I saw that Billie Eilish won like best album of the year, and. They were like one of the articles I was reading this morning was like it was another year of like a a white woman winning and thanking the black, thanking the black woman for basically saying like, you're the reason I do this and you should have won. And they were like, and it's happened so, so many times, mostly with Beyonce, where she's been passed over, even like, what was it when she had Lemonade, like the most fucking incredible album ever, like her, like Swan Song, and Adele took it that year, and it was just like, Adele got up, and she was like, this should have been Beyonce, like even fucking Adele knew it, shouldn't (laughs) have been her, you know, and so Billie Eilish was like, dude, I thought this was going to be you, Megan. I didn't even write a speech. And it was like, yeah, it probably should have been. I mean, but you know, I Billie Eilish has an incredible voice. She's definitely not like the type of music that I choose. I mean, I've heard it on the radio and stuff. Like I don't have, I haven't purchased any of her music. It's just not my type of stuff. Like, you know, I'm like, a 90s teenager, like I like r and I like rap, I like hip hop, you know, I like pop stuff, you know, that kind of thing. It's just like moody music <laughs> just isn't my jam. But, um, you know, I respect that she's got an incredible voice and she's a very gifted songwriter. And so like that part I understand, but it's like, like Megan's music is lyrically incredible and it moves you in ways where it's like, it's women empowerment. Yeah. Like, you know, I actually pulled up the lyrics to this because I didn't want to get it wrong. And there's one part that like fucking kills me when she talks about it. And uh, (laughs) it's like, hold on, this whole fucking, I wanted to read this whole thing, but it's just too damn long and I can't. Okay. So the part that got me was when Megan said, I'm gonna make him eat me out while I'm watching anime. And so like, like she's just straight up like he's gonna eat my pussy while I watch cartoons. <laughs> like that's what she's that's what she's saying. And I just love it because not only is it like funny, but it's fun and it's embracing your sexuality as a woman saying eat my pussy while I watch cartoons. Mm. Like, I don't give a shit about you. Like, you're here to make me feel good. Yeah. And I just thought back to how many times did I listen to the thong song? (laughs) You know, like, how many times did I listen to like all these, these rap songs and hip hop songs, all this shit degrade women? How many years did I listen to this shit? Granted, it's great music. But you know, some of that shit is just like "fuck these bitches and hoes and all this stuff." And I feel like there is just this wave of women saying, "I'm taking it back. This is mine now." I don't you know, know what? Your dick ain't shit. <laughs> like, like that's, the, that's like literally. I think it's like the the line before this when she says it on there. It's just like if the dick's not popping, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> it, like it's like who cares? It doesn't count. <laughs> Yeah, god i've had I a lot of
1: my parents were very lenient with me growing up i didn't have a lot of roles but the one thing that would set my dad off was oh, music that was disrespectful to women i oh, would really? get in trouble
0: no shit yes, I don't he see that would coming. get mad he
1: <laughs> would like, if you're playing, I, them, I have to turn it down. But my grandma burned me some of the CDs and be like, Where'd you get that? I said, No, no, no,
0: I'm like, Grandma made it. <laughs> my grandma got it for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I even, I know I've talked about it before on the podcast, but Wu Tang was like my awakening for music when I was, I mean, I was so young. I was probably like 12 years old. And I was listening to a cassette in my brother's room. And I remember thinking like, this music is not made for me. Like, I'm not, I'm not black. I'm, I don't live in a, you know, a marginalized place. Like, you know, I wasn't in it's somewhere where it was like a big city. I was in the middle of fucking country ass nowhere. <laughs> like white grid, you know, middle of the road, you know, it was like, none of this music was for me. But yet, Wu-Tang wanted me to hear this, you know, like, like they, if I went to a concert, they probably would have been excited to see me because they just wanted people to experience their music. And that was the, that's what felt different to me when I listened to them, where it was like their music talked about their life, but also their mission, you know, and, and I just love that it was all about come together, enjoy this music, let's fight this system together, you know, like Rage Against the Machine, but they're white. So anyways, but you know, it was, it was this message of like, oh shit, this is totally different than anything I've ever heard before. And that's how it felt when I started listening to like Cardi B and Megan, you know, Megan Thee Stallion and and listening to like, you know, even like oh my, I can't even think of all the movies I'm thinking of right now, but like uh, like someone more recent like Iggy Azalea or like Nicki Minaj, like just owning their sexuality and really like saying like this is about me, this is about my body, my my worth, like I decide that. And I just thought like, what a time to be alive, you know? <laughs> like to be in a be a part of this like generational music wave. Where, you know, these, this thing, this possibility. So, watching the Grammys, like, even, you know, seeing this happen and stuff last night or night before. It was just, it's incredible. I'm just so glad that it's happening. And I hope it just continues to happen. I hope this wave is a fucking tsunami. And there's just women on the streets just, yeah, <laughs> being good. I'm going to be a bad bitch. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I want grandma thinking that out there. <laughs> so, I don't know. It was, it was great to see. So one of the other things I want to talk about today is um, there's an author I follow on Instagram and I think I've mentioned her before. Her name's J.M. Buckler. She writes fantasy with romance and stuff like that with suspense. She's, she really loves like Sarah J. Maas and Jennifer Armentrout and those authors. I would say her books are very similar to those. So J.M. Buckler, uh, she volunteers, she lives in Austin, Texas and she volunteers at a place that's called key to free and it's Key, K-E-Y, the number two free. And it is a place where people go after they've been involved with sex trafficking. And so she goes there to volunteer and they do like counseling, rehabilitation, like all these really great things. So what I wanted to mention today is that they're having an auction in the next couple of weeks. And it's their big fundraiser that they do every year to help collect money for this awesome organization that's nonprofit. And they use it to buy anything that they need in this house. So there's a specific place I think that these these people go to when they've been through the sex trafficking and they've been rescued from it. They need her rehabilitation and that kind of thing. Or I think it's people from like sexual abuse and stuff like that. So it's, I mean, it's, she said it's, you can donate like a gift card to Walmart where people can buy like shampoo and soap and toilet paper. But mostly what the easiest thing to do right now is you can send these donations or you can go directly to the website, key to free, and you can make, just click make a donation. It has a donation button. And right now they're having like a big silent auction. I think there's some big authors who are doing like donating signed books and stuff. And so I'm just doing a cash donation. I found this really interesting. This was on the website and it says key to free exists to prevent and end sex trafficking through, through education in our schools, awareness in our local communities, and aftercare solutions for survivors survivor of trafficking and exploitation. We accomplish this mention, mission by creating a safe quality environment, providing access to supportive community-based services, and educating the public and at-risk youth about trafficking. Together, we devote our lives, skills, and resources to bring light to a darkness and freedom to those who don't so desperately need it. Six hundred to 800,000 men, women, and children are trafficked across international borders each year into the United States. 25% of all reported cases are from Texas. Approximately 80% are women and girls, while up to 50% or more are adults. So in that category. So... It's something that is a huge problem. And obviously, it's mostly related in and around this Texas area. So this is an incredible cause. Um, if you are feeling it all generous in your heart, this is a great thing to donate to. Um, again, it's called the Key to Free. And I just wanted to thank um, JM Butler for mentioning because I pulled it up because I just thought it was a great resource to talk about. Just I never considered what that life would be like, you know. Anyways, I just wanted to mention that too before I forgot I had it on my notes to, to li- to list it up and talk about it and let you guys know. And also I did mention earlier on Tuesday's episode. Um, I just want to say it too, before the April 15th deadline, go check out Nana Malone and Lyric Audio on Instagram. They have the thing that is called Audio in Color where they're doing a, um, a grant program for an author of color. If you don't, if you are an author of color and you have books already, but you don't have any audio books, you need to go check this out. They're giving out grants in order to fund this. So it's an incredible cause. Go check that out as well. Also the key to free. And I have a lady listener email I need to read. (laughs) Have you read it? No, I haven't read it. I had it for like three weeks because I asked for emails about the weddings And then we ended up recording early and I forgot to print it out when somebody had sent it in. So this one got sent in. I don't know what it is, but there's a picture of a bride and a groom on it that I love so much. Hello, lovely ladies. I love listening to you on my way back to work. I saw your post looking for wedding ideas. I hope you get a good laugh out of this. I plan two weddings for too many for I plan two weddings for too many newbie family members. I'm a third generation Penn Stater. Oh, like in the state of Pennsylvania. Yes. So I had a church on campus reserved.
1: Oh oh like, like Penn State. State. I okay. was like, I think she means the okay. university
0: <laughs> But I was <laughs> gonna let you go. <laughs> I was like, oh, Just let me be ignorant. No no that's fine. So I had a church on campus reserved. We had it time so the evening light would shine through the stained glass while we said our vows. Then we would go to Penn State Hotel for our reception. I had contacts all through campus so we would have the creamery ice cream. Penn State catering had a menu planned. It was going to be a full-on blue and white wedding. Oh God. <laughs> my husband's family wanted some something family friendly. My sister-in-law had three kids who wanted to come to the wedding. Three months before my wedding, I changed everything. I was an Avon district manager. Those were those women were fierce. I reach out to all the ladies in my district and plan my reception at Delagro's Amusement Park. I guess that's how you say it. Delagroso Amusement Park. A friend who owns a winery supplied the wine. A local girl made my cake. The amusement park catered a full barbecue. Oh my God. She seriously like playing two whole fucking weddings. A friend of the family insisted on letting us marry him, on letting him marry us, his last wedding before he retired. We had a blast. The wedding was sweet. So many people helped us with the planning and gifted so much more. It only cost me $1,100 for everything, including food, dress, music, cake, and amusement park tickets for 40 After all that, my husband's family still did not come to the wedding. Oh, my God. My side of the family caused just as much trouble. <laughs> oh my God. I always joke, if I could do it again, I would run off to Vegas. It all ends well. A few years later, I gave birth to the only boy on, on in this generation. In my mother on my mother-in-law's birthday, I am now the favorite child in my husband's family. <laughs> Twenty, I love that so much. Like that's petty. Like she did that shit. <laughs> Twenty years later, we are more in love than ever. I'm happy we had our fun wedding, and we still have some cute pictures of us on our wedding, best driving on our on our in our wedding best driving go karts. That actually now, sounds that so is fun. That is a fucking that is a fucking wedding. That's that's such a wedding a good I story. would totally be down for. <clears throat> Oh, my God. Yes. Where you're like, let's go to an amusement park. Hear me out, Mel. Funnel cake. I want you to throw me a- Yes. I want you to rent me out a wedding at Dollywood. Okay? Get Dolly Parton to come. <laughs> Funnel cakes. Lemonade. I want the whole nine yards. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. That sounds like the best wedding ever. You know, it was funny. You know, when we threw our wedding, when she said, so she planned out, obviously, she planned out this whole big extravagant wedding. And then his side of the family bitched about, they wanted it family friendly. So they changed everything to go to this amusement park and then they didn't show up. So it kind of reminds me a little of our wedding where my husband's family was like 75% of the guest list because we wanted a small wedding, but his family is just small enough to where you have to invite all of them, you know? So, but like his cousin pitched a, it because she couldn't bring her kids and it was a no kid wedding like we only had 50 people Uh, uh, most weddings I go to are no kid weddings it seems like yeah like my niece and nephew weren't even there like they were so little it was just like I was like what are you doing well I mean number one our wedding was outside and it was downtown it wasn't like fenced off or anything like it was right next to the street and it was kind of part of it was kind of fun because people were honking and stuff when we got married after we got married after the ceremony people like when they were driving by but anyways like it was right next to a waterfall like this is not kids safe okay but then one of the big things was afterwards we've we had a bull did I tell you this story we had a balloon a guy making balloon animals at our wedding I don't know I talk about this I don't remember we we had we had gone to this Mexican restaurant and we went there all the time and this guy made balloon animals and we were like he gave us his like card every time he came around to the table he's like oh I do parties and stuff I was like ah oh, do you do weddings and he was like yeah I do actually and we were like oh that's so cool so we booked him for our wedding and then it turns out like it's his son's birthday is our wedding and he's like I, we're having a party for him we're like I can't do it but I know a guy in town that'll do it and we're like okay And so the other guy comes and shows up. And he's doing balloon animals at our wedding. And then, like, a week after we got married, we see on the news this guy gets fucking charged with child porn. Oh, shit! (laughs) Not kids friendly wedding! (laughs) No, no. And I was like, tell your cousin thank you for not inviting her fucking kids. (laughs) Like, I'm just saying, like, I mean, we didn't have any kids at our wedding, thank God. But, like, she was such a think about it just like well you're welcome <laughs> oh jesus christ like that's something that about our wedding that like it, we try to laugh about it now because what's the alternative you know god but um but yeah just like the expectations from fan like why does family have such an opinion about weddings what is this
1: i don't know, like, I don't know.
0: I just – I really hope that one day – I don't give a shit. Like, I'm like, where's the funnel cake? Yeah. Where's the cake? Where's the funnel cake? Because there's going to be both. You cannot substitute funnel cake for cake, just so we're clear. There's going to be both.
1: Um, I seen a meme the other day mm-hmm. or a tweet that somebody said I wanted to ask you of what yours was. So it says, okay. man to man, I highly encourage you to find what area of life your girl is bougie in. Dudes assume – If Shorty's not into designer, she's not bougie. He's like, no, some girls are food bougie, some girls are travel bougie, some are only bougie on the holidays. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is so true. Oh there's always something you're willing to spend more money and more time Mm -hmm. on. Why? it may Mm -hmm. not be clothes or whatever, it's something else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm food bougie. Food, yeah, I was gonna say your hands down. Do you know what mine is? I know, I know off the top of my head which one it is. God, I don't know. Christmas, you decorate so much. That'd be cl- That's a close second. I'd say holiday is a close second. Hotels. Oh yeah, I will spend fucking money on hotels. Like I love it. I'm like, if look, I work so hard for so many years and saved up so much money to get a house that I love. If I'm gonna leave all the comforts of this home that I love so much in this giant ass swimming pool I have inside my house. Like if I'm gonna leave that, the hotel better be nice.
1: <laughs> I notice I do that with like girls trips and stuff, but if it's just mm-hmm. me and my husband, I don't seem to do that. Like I don't want a sweeter I'm like, it's just me and you. Yeah. <laughs> we the a room
0: with a bed. No, no, no. I'll agree with you there because like even when my husband and I went to Charlotte a couple weeks ago, we just got a standard king room, like nothing fancy, no suite. But I picked a super nice hotel. I think that's my thing is like I I always try to get the autograph collection because I'm a Marriott hotel girl. And if you're into travel at all, you know Marriott chains are by far the best hotels out there. Anything under the Marriott umbrella is going to be Leaps and bounds above anything else you're going to find. So under the Marriott umbrella, there's this little boutique collection. They're called Autograph Hotels. We stayed at one in Berlin. Mm-hmm. You remember? That's the one that had a different color toilet paper. It had like green and purple toilet yes. paper. It's the weirdest fucking thing ever. But anyway, so like that was the hotel in Charlotte that we stayed at. It was an Autograph and it was so nice. But like that, I love that. Like, oh God, I love going to a really nice hotel. Oh, God, yeah. i do that in a minute. I, like, I like food. I love having a good dinner. But I can eat a corn dog. Like, I don't give a shit, you know? I don't have to have a fancy meal. But I'd really like a nice hotel. Oh, man. That sounds so nice. I know. I was just thinking like, that we both couldn't dress it off for a minute. I'm like, I would do that right now. Oh, <laughs> I know. I'm just sitting here thinking about like, gosh, what what else would I be bougie about? You know, I tried to be bougie with clothes and stuff and it just didn't take, you know, like it was, it's fun to dress up when we have like book signings and stuff. I but just don't
1: do it enough. Like I went and bought some yeah. nice things, but then I was like, I'm not going anywhere.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if I had like a, if I had a job where I had to leave the house and go do stuff, I don't mind looking nice. But I'm, like, on average, I'm leaving my house once a day to go pick up my kids in the carpool line. Like, who's going to – Even when we're, like,
1: getting them- ready to finally, like, go do something. Like, go to a brush am I'm I'm, I saw jeans.
0: Come on. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: After this pandemic, I mean it's just leggings are considered dress yes. up <laughs> right now. Like that's considered dressy. I was, I was telling you I saw this meme the other day that said uh it was like I'm not even wearing leggings anymore. It's sweatpants or no pants. Yeah. Like that's how deep into pandemic I am. <laughs> I like, it's yes. true. That's so, like, you really have too. You were saying that you were like, I don't even wear leggings. I'm just, I don't want anything touching my body. But spend sweatpants. Got them on right now. Got like four favorite (laughs) pairs.
1: That's another thing I've noticed. I don't know if we've talked about that before. Is like, and I finally broke down about more. You ever notice you'll spend like 40 bucks on the sweater or 50 bucks on the sweater Mm -hmm. or something like that or this on the shoes? But then you mm-hmm. won't, like, you have your favorite pants and you just keep washing them and washing them. And instead of just going and buying, like, I have these undershirts I wear. I should just buy 10. But I just keep yeah. washing the same, too. But I'll yep. spend money on something stupid, but not something I'm using every freaking day.
0: I think about that all the time, especially, like, pajamas and stuff. Like... Like I wear nightgowns when I sleep like they're they're basically just like slips. They're like a it's like a like a racer back and it's really loose and it's super short, but it's like the most comfortable thing to sleep in because it's silky. It's cotton, but it's not like it doesn't cling to me. It's very flowy. And so like I feel, I like it because it feels like I'm naked. And I'm like, I should buy 75 of these because it's the only fucking thing I want to wear. Because, again, I don't want anything touching my body.
1: But then I don't. But I also... And I'm digging in the laundry for
0: shit. I'm literally washing clothes right now, so I have pajamas to wear tonight. But, like, at the same time, though, I'm like, is this healthy because... I don't even know how much gain I've, weight I've gained because of these, like, flowy things. <laughs> it's just like, I don't even have a measurement. It's just like, I'm wearing moo-moos all the time now. I haven't <laughs> so been in jeans no, in, like, a year. There's no accountability anymore. We're just, we're animals
1: can't even imagine what jeans feel like it's all right i'm already just, getting claustrophobic
0: i know i was gonna say just um, just wait until you're out in public and you're eating a meal and there's like people around you and you're just like holy shit Are you staring at me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right like we're back in this <laughs> yeah it'll be great All right. Well, let's get into, uh, we have the second half of Jax by Tori Baker. This is older man, younger woman, like super hot and sexy. So we're going to find out what happens. Extra dirty. Let's do it. We'll send you guys into it and we'll see you on the other side.
2: Chapter five. Jax. I'm in the middle of doing my last set. It's fucking leg day. The one day a week I dread. The ringing of the doorbell doesn't stop me from finishing though. It's not like I don't know who's at the door. Fucking Fox. He's happy with Melanie now and during our few talks we've had he's blatantly stated I should go after the woman who makes my heart beat faster no matter the outcome or obstacles between us. I finish my set, wipe the sweat off my face with the towel I keep on me and make my way to the front door. The doorbell keeps chiming. I'm coming! Hold your damn horses, I holler. I should make Fox wait longer than he is already. I'm suddenly feeling very parched. Make me wait much longer and I'll just use the key. You know, the one you gave me? He jiggles the door and I know he'll use it. So instead of stopping to get a bottle of water, I swing the door open, give him my back and head towards the kitchen knowing he'll follow me. About damn time you answered the door. Busy beating it off, he grumbles. I'm already at the fridge pulling out water for both of us. He grabs his bottle and I untwist my cap, chugging it down while he prattles on. You know damn well I was working out. What do I owe the pleasure of Fox Adams beating my door down? I play dumb. He cocks his eyebrow up at me. I'm guessing there's no getting around this conversation. You want to try that again? I got a girl at my house with my woman and you know damn well Melanie is feeding her more than food. The kicker is Sloane isn't one to ask me for coverage. It's usually the other way around if I'm being honest which is why Cruz and I are making her a partner. She's there more than either of us are. Plus she takes care of the inventory, the books and deals with pesky fucking surfers. You're a fucking idiot if you let her get away. I take in everything he has to say, trying to bite my tongue from lashing out. Sloan is going to be a business partner at her age. It ties her to Kelson Beach, or Florida, where the other shop is. I guess that changes things. You know she's in college. Fucking hell, she's at the top of her class, working her way to get her bachelor's degree in business and finance. I was trying to let Sloan live a little before tying her to me. Who do you think is footing that bill, dumbass? Her parents are great, love her with all their being, but it's not like they're swimming in money. They were able to help her with books, but her scholarship only does so much. Lab fees were a killer, so the wet shop set up a fund for her. I swallow a lump in my throat. This whole time, I was trying to give her the chance to spread her wings and fly, while Fox, who is practically an older brother to Sloan, was helping her pursue what she wanted all along. I fucked up. I run a hand down my face. Yeah, you did. But you know where she is? That is, if you get your shit together. I won't let Melanie get her too shit-faced. I watch as Fox throws his empty bottle in the recycling bin then leaves out the back door and walks towards the beach. I let his words replay in my head, my mind still reeling, but I know what I need to do. I'll take a shower and then go get my girl before she's too sloshed from Melanie's persuasive personality when it comes to her favorite mixed drinks. My only goal is to go after the woman I know I want by my side, even if that means I'm the one who has to do the begging. Chapter 6. Sloan I didn't drink the offered mixed drink from Melanie. Instead, I spilled my thoughts, my fears, and asked her what she thought I should do about them. It was plain and simple. She said to go after Jacks, lay it all on the line. At first I wanted to say no way, but then I sat back, watched the sun slowly set in the distance and I knew I had to fight for what I wanted. The fact that I cut him off before he really said anything was my fault. Jax could have had something good to say, but I cut him off at the knees. My decision only solidifies when Fox walks onto the deck, sees my knees tucked underneath me, not drinking and staring at the ocean. I'm going after him. I need to, don't I? I ask when Fox walks closer to me. That'll light a fire under his ass for sure. The back door's unlocked. He winks, kisses my forehead, and walks inside. That's when I know my plan is a good one. I don't stay a second longer, but place my drink on the table, promptly forget it, and make quick tracks to Jax's place via the beach. Another plus to living in this small community is that I make it in a matter of minutes. Of course, that could be because I was practically sprinting. My feet propel me to his back deck. I'm right at his door, about to open it, when Jax appears in the doorway. I talked myself up this big game, that I'd profess everything to him, that I would fight for us even if he didn't want to. I've never been more annoyed by my age like I am right now. Jax. His name escapes my lips with a sigh. He's standing in front of me in nothing but a pair of shorts, a towel in his hand, water still dripping down his body. Heard you coming up like a freight train up the steps, he responds, but moves out of the doorway, allowing me entrance. Not everyone can move around silent like a mouse, I joke. He's bigger, taller, and yet I never hear him coming until he's already standing in front of me. Come here, Sloan. This isn't what I expected. I thought he'd put up more of a fight. Instead, his arms are open and I'm instantly surrounded by his warmth. His scent. And his arms. I'm sorry. I mumble into his chest. Nothing to be sorry about. Seems we both need to listen to each other better. And I need to admit a few faults of my own to you. Jax doesn't loosen his hold, but instead holds me tighter. It doesn't make me dismissing you so quickly any better. I lift my head up, searching his eyes. Mistakes happen, sweetheart. Fox opened my eyes a bit. Seems you have a secret or two you haven't shared with me. I take a step back. His hands find mine, not letting me go. I take it Fox told you about college and me becoming a partner. I may as well lay all my cards on the table. Knew about you going to college, Sloan. I didn't know about the partnership. Not gonna lie. You're the best there is for the wet shop. Wait. You knew about me going to college? How? I question. I have my ways. That's also why I was trying to let you go. Clearly that's not going to happen now. I wasn't trying to clip your wings, baby. I wanted you to fly. To live a little before I tied you to me. Our age difference might be a factor to a lot of people, but at the end of the day, it wasn't all of that for me. It was more about you going out and experiencing everything life has to offer. I'm such an idiot. I thought you were going to be a dick. I love that you were going to let me go and live a little. But what I'd really love to do is live a little with you right beside me. Jax pulls me in again. Tipping my chin up so we're looking at each other, his eyes seeing so much more than anyone else ever has. Nah, sweetheart, I was still a dick, and for that I'm sorry. I'll be with you no matter what. It's not like I'm not in Florida, either. Hell, I'll be up and down the shoreline most of the spring and summer. We'll work our way through this. It's you and me against the world, Sloan. His lips are on mine, this time with even more passion. My tongue traces his lips before I suck his bottom lip, much like he did to me earlier today. I don't want him to hold back, even though I'm sure he knows. But I'm going to have to tell him just in case. I have to tell you something. I pull back. He's not letting me, though. His lips meet mine, and he breathes against mine. Later. I can't wait, especially if this goes further. Jax lets me go. Barely. Okay. I see the grin on his face. You already know, don't you? I don't even have to say the words. I roll my eyes. Sloan, sweetheart, you're nineteen. I've had my eyes on you since the minute I clocked you at the wet spot. Knew you were gonna be mine even when I was dragging my ass and not making you mine. I smile before leaping into his arms. I'm not sure if he was ready for me or not, but he catches me nonetheless. My legs wrap around his waist while his hands hold me by the cheeks of my ass. And our kiss is everything that's been built up. Breathless, needy, and so damn carnal, I feel like my clothes may evaporate into thin air. That's how hot Jax and me are together. Taking you to my bed, Sloane, he states. I breathe against his mouth while I slide down the length of his cock as he holds me waiting for my agreement. Words, he states. Yes, God, yes. Then we're moving, and I can't wait to feel him skin to skin, experiencing everything Jax has to give me, and I him. Chapter 7 Jax Those words that left Sloane's lips, She didn't have to say them. I knew to the depth of my being. The whole time I carry her to my bed, all I can think about is how she'll look. Laid out on the crisp white sheets, hands fisting them, her body awake with need. And I know just where I'm going to start as I slide her down the length of my body. I take a step back to pull my shorts down, leaving me naked for her viewing pleasure. God, Jax, she moans as her hands move to her shorts, pushing them down, leaving her in a barely there pair of underwear, so see-through I can see the lips of her pussy. Not God, sweetheart, just me, a man who wants you more than his last breath. I step into her space, my hands cupping her cheeks, needing to touch her in some way. Sloan's hands meet my stomach, softly hesitantly until I kiss her my need to taste her overpowering everything in this moment her nails dig into my skin causing me to moan against her lips Jax she breathes her hands leave my body I need you I watch as she shimmies out of her top tits bouncing nipples pebbled and hard begging for my mouth I want to savor her this time around You take those panties off, Sloane, there's no going back. I'll make you mine forever, and you'll never leave my side. Her hands are already skimming the top hem, rolling them so she can use her legs to slide them down. As long as you're right there with me. There's no place I'd rather be. With that remark, she does the least of what I expect, turning around and climbing onto the bed on her hands and knees, giving me a view that drops me to my knees and holding the cheeks of her ass as I get my first taste of her pussy. Sloane's body locks tight at the sensation of my tongue licking at the folds of her pussy, teasing her, not going near her clit. I don't want her to come this way, at least not yet, when she relaxes. Her head falling down onto the mattress, I tip her hips back, giving me the access I need to make her see stars. I already know she won't come with my cock her first time, which is something I hate. I know it'll cause her pain, so I make it my mission to give her nothing but pleasure until then. My lower teeth scrape against her clit as my tongue slowly fucks Sloane's cunt, mimicking what I'll be doing with my cock shortly. Jax! She wails, her legs clutching my head, holding it in a vise, and I know she'll be coming in a matter of moments. I redouble my efforts even when she tries to lie down, not sure if she wants to chase her orgasm or run away from the feeling that's trembling through her body. I hum on the next thrust of my tongue inside her, and that's when she comes. Her moans have me fisting my cock, trying to hold off my need until I'm inside her. I continue lapping her until she calms down and her body can't take any more. Only then do I get off my knees. Sloane turns around, watching me fist my cock with one hand and wiping her wetness off my face with the other. I want to taste you. Sloane's voice is low, husky and deep with need. As much as I want your mouth on me, I know if you do that, I won't last. One sweep of your sweet, a sinned tongue would bring me to my knees and have me coming before I'm even inside of you, I admit. Oh? Next time, then? I'm already making my way between her spread thighs. I need her eyes on me while I'm taking the greatest gift she'll ever give me. Without a doubt, sweetheart, and we'll have plenty of time. Her thighs are smooth as I slide my hands up, setting my cock at the top of her pussy bathing it in her wetness hate like hell that i'm gonna hurt you and knowing this won't make you come not your first time at least but i promise i'll make you feel better over and over until your body is so wrung out you'll feel nothing but bliss i promise her as my lips sip at hers sloane's hands are on my biceps i figured she'd be tense with worry but the way her hips are rocking as I slide the underside of my cock along her pussy is telling me a completely different story. I'll be okay. I want to see you come apart. That I'm the one doing that to you. For you. Really. I don't deserve you. But I promise as God is my witness that I'll do everything in my power to make sure you're happy every day of our lives. That being said, are you on birth control? Or am I pulling out? I already know there might be a chance she isn't on any type of contraceptive, but I'm also not wearing anything. Not when I want us to be skin on skin. Sure, pulling out could still get her pregnant, and as young as she is, I'd hate like hell for that to happen before we're ready. Oh, It's taken care of. Well, it happened last month. Melanie realized we were getting closer and prompted me to get my ass in gear, so yeah, we're covered. She shows me the underside of her arm. Think fuck, sweetheart. I would hate to have to leave your body when I'm finally inside it. I move my hips back, not wanting to be inside her before she's ready. You ready? Keep your eyes on me. I promise I'll make this fast. Her hips hike up higher on my waist while my hands are cupping her cheeks. Use your hand, baby. Line us up. I don't want to let her go. In this way, she'll be the one who lets me know when she's ready. Okay. Her eyes drift down to where we meet. I watch the heat blaze on her skin, leaving redness in its wake. My cock is at her entrance, her pussy clamping down at the tip of my length. You want the pain fast or slow, I ask her. Fast. I know it's going to hurt, but I'd rather not prolong it. As she gets the last word out, I slam inside her, my lips swallowing her gasp. I don't move. I stay completely still, even though it's killing me not to move. Fuck. She groans against my mouth. My eyes never closed. I can see the tears in her eyes. My heart splits in two that I'm the one causing her pain. I'm sorry, Sloane. So fucking sorry. It's okay. Don't move yet, though. It's already calming down. You know, the pain. Clearly not your cock. She tries to joke. This girl is so fucking strong. I won't, sweetheart, though I'm lying. One of my hands leaves her face, gliding down her body, stopping at her perfect fucking tits, my thumb passing over one nipple, then the other, knowing how sensitive they are. Jax. My thumb hits her clit, circling it as her pussy contracts around my cock, and I swear to Christ I could come just like this without moving an inch. Feel better? I ask my lips moving from hers to her neck, then down until I latch onto her nipple. Yes, you need to move though. Her hands fist my hair. I smile against her skin and then I slowly move my hips, letting her get used to the rhythm, my thumb still sliding over her clit. She may not get off this go, but damn does my girl get wet for me. My mouth leaves her nipple. I want her to see me get off. Let her see deep in my soul what she does to me. God, Jax, that's so hot. She's watching our bodies when I want her to watch me. My hand moves, holding her chin so she looks into my eyes. Watch me. Because I'm about to come so deep inside you. I want your eyes on me, sweetheart. I tell her, oh, she breathes but listens to me. Our eyes never leave each other's. Even when the base of my spine is tingling, my balls are tightening, and her cunt clamps down on my cock, causing me to cum, my cum jetting inside her, painting the walls of her pussy. Sloane. Her name is on my lips while our eyes are completely focused on each other. She's so deep inside my soul that I don't know where I end and she begins. That was beautiful, Jax, Sloane whispers causing me to drop down, my body hovering over hers. You're beautiful. What you gave me is beautiful. That's not me, sweetheart, that's all fucking you. I slowly slide out of her, the wince on her face proving to me that she needs to soak in the tub before I'm going to make her come so many times she won't remember her name. Chapter 8 The way Jax has taken care of me all through the night. It's no wonder he's in bed, deep asleep, while I'm watching him, like a stalker. After two orgasms of my own, he let me taste him. Taught me exactly what he likes. And I'm not sure who enjoyed it more, me or him. The last time he reached for me, only a few hours ago, I somehow managed to talk him into taking me. We both came together, and even though I felt a tinge of pain, the pleasure definitely outweighed it. I'm on my elbow. My finger is slowly tracing the lines of his chest when I feel his eyes on me. I can always feel Jax's eyes on me, eyes that are molten chocolate in color and get darker when he lets his guard down. Why are you up? are his first words. A smile spreads across my face. I don't know. But I need to get up just the same. I'm opening the shop today, and I need to stop by my place to change. My finger moves to his face, tracing the line of his lips. He nips at it, causing me to startle and laugh. Jax flips me over onto my back, causing my legs to open, allowing him to slide between my thighs. His cock is thick and ready. As much as I want to feel him inside me, I know it's too soon. You can stay here. Let Fox work for a change. He's been a beach bum for a long time now. I wrap my arms around his neck and lean up, kissing him lightly before saying, not happening. Not today, at least. It's my favorite day of the week at the shop. I get to choose what inventory to order, well, for the clothing side of things. Fox and Cruz haven't released the other gear to me yet, which I'm okay with. I have no idea what will work surfing and sports-wise. Nerd over here, I tease. Sexy with a brain and all things smartass. That's my woman. The woman I love, Jack States. Do you mean that, Jax? Truly? I'm not sure why I'm second-guessing this. Probably because it seems too good to be true. God, yes. Are you going to be able to handle an old man in his ways, though? I lift my legs around his waist and wrap my arms around his neck, pulling him closer to me. Oh, I'm sure I can handle you. I love you, Jax. I think we both knew early on what this was between us. We were too busy throwing obstacles at each other that weren't necessary. Me with my mouth. You with grumbling about the age difference and wanting me to do my own thing. That's garbage, by the way. If you think I'd ever let anyone hold me back from my future, you're crazy. I wink, and then our lips crash together, our tongues becoming one with the other, and when my hips start aching, wanting Jack's inside me again, he pulls back and says, Sweetheart, as much as I want to slide my cock inside you, it's too soon. I look down at our bodies and groan. His length is sitting right there. It wouldn't take much for me to push down on Jax's cock. But he's right. I can see just how tender I am. Oh, this really sucks. I throw my head back on the pillow. He laughs but rolls off me, somehow managing to get out of bed in one smooth motion. Come on. If you have to stop by your house on the way to work, we may as well conserve water and shower together. Sure. That's what we'll do. Save the planet and stuff. I grumble, but take his offered hand just the same. Sure, it sounds like I'm grumbling, but the smile plastered on my face tells Jax just how happy I am. It's all thanks to him and loving me the way he does. Epilogue Jax Six months later, sitting here watching my woman walk up the stage. Graduating from college, I couldn't be prouder. Her parents are beside me on one side, Melanie and Fox on the other. Cruz tried to make it, but some kid called in sick at the wet shop in Florida, so that was a no-go. He was pissed as all get-out. One thing's for sure, Sloan has two guys in her life who aren't her brothers by blood, but they treat her like a sibling nonetheless. The flash of legs she shows as she walks off the stage with her diploma lets me know what my firecracker is up to. She didn't get ready at my place, something I wasn't all too happy about. She's still paying rent on her place until the end of this month. Then she'll be living with me permanently. Well, unless we have to go down to Florida for her to help out there, which is fine by me. I travel more than she does right now, which sucks. If it weren't for her trying to wrap up her degree, she'd be right there with me. Instead, she had to sneak off when she could to watch the guys and me play beach volleyball when she wasn't studying her ass off or working. Sloane is a busy woman, and I don't see her slowing down anytime soon. When are you going to make an honest woman out of her? Fox elbows me. Sloane's parents perk up at hearing the conversation. I have something up my sleeve, but she'll know before you, that's for sure. I told Sloane's parents one night when they were over for dinner about my plans of making Sloane my wife. Having her take my name and one day, a long way down the road, we may have kids or we may not. Sloane and I decided kids aren't in our future for a while. We both want to travel and she wants to get her career kicked off further and is even talking about getting her master's degree. I'm still not sure how she got roped up with me, not with how smart she is but I'm grateful all the same. Just make sure you don't plan on living in sin, he grumbles. Melanie lets out a loud laugh, trying to contain her snort, but having trouble doing it. Of course, that's about the time Sloane makes her way over to us, excusing herself in front of the others. The ceremony was a small one, with less than a hundred people attending. She was one of the last ones on the stage, and everyone dispersed rather quickly. Hell. I would have grabbed Sloan and left too, if not for Fox and his bullshit. What's going on? Sloane comes to sit in my lap, where you can usually find her, no matter who's around or who isn't. Even if there's an empty seat, she finds her way onto my lap. Nothing. Fox being his beach-bum self, I mumble, not giving her any idea about when I'm gonna pop the question. It isn't going to be tonight. That's too fucking cliche. The day I ask Sloan to marry me will be a day just for us. A day she'll always remember, and not because it was also the day she graduated with her bachelor's degree. Sure. She makes conversation with her parents, Mel and Fox, as I sit back, holding her legs loosely while thinking about the ring that's in my nightstand drawer and how I want to ask her. I couldn't find what I was looking for at a store, so instead I had to have it made. The band is reminiscent of a piece of driftwood, golden color, with a diamond set in the center. You guys ready? Sloane's mom asks, knocking me out of my own head. I'm starving. Melanie moans, and this is something new. Sloane jokes, Here are one to talk." They volley back and forth, but I stand up, my hand gripping Sloane's hip, knowing full well I should feel something underneath her gown—a string or line of something—but there's nothing. What the fuck, Sloane? I whisper in her ear. Huh. She tosses over her shoulder, the smirk on her face telling me all I need to know. Just you wait till we get somewhere quiet and no one's around. I'll have you coming on my fingers and then my cock in no time. I'm already planning on how I'll be teasing her in the car on our way to the restaurant. Okay. She breathes out, desire written on her face. Christ. I shake my head. All right, we'll meet you at the restaurant, I tell everyone. Then Sloane and I make our way out of the graduation arena. My only thoughts are getting her somewhere alone. I don't make empty threats, and I'm going to show her just what happens when she decides to go out in public without wearing anything underneath the flimsy excuse of a gown. Epilogue Sloane One year later. Jax, I moan. His head is between my spread legs, my body on top of his as my mouth pulls off his hard length. Jax knows the minute he scrapes his teeth along my clit, I'm fucking toast. The past six months of married life have been bliss. Sure, we've had our issues. Jax travels more than I do, sometimes he's gone for a week at a time, or I'll be in Florida while he's in South Carolina, but we make it work, even if we do complain the entire time we're apart. Nine times out of ten, one of us breaks and catches a flight or drives to where the other is. It's usually Jax, his schedule is way more lenient, unless he's in a tournament that weekend, and when he is, you can bet your sweet ass I'm there cheering on my husband, drooling the entire time especially when he's diving for the ball or serving it to the other team. Dear Lord, sweet baby Jesus, does my husband get me hot and bothered? Sloan, he grunts against my center. Then he latches onto my clit, sucking on it, tipping me over the edge. My forehead meets his thigh, and I truly think I'm dead. I can't move from this spot, though my hand is working his cock, albeit lazily. Jax doesn't care if he gets off. The only thing he seems to worry about when it comes to sex is making sure I get mine. Believe me, there's been a time or two when I've passed out from a super intense orgasm, and even then he didn't give me shit about it. By the time I'd wake up from my short nap, he'd be lazily stroking his cock, and I would pounce. Are you falling asleep on me, sweetheart? I pop my head up, move so my body is now wedged between his legs and state, "Nope." My tongue drags along the underside of his cock before my mouth moves to the head of his length. Fuck Sloan. When his voice gets raspy like this, I know he's not going to last, and I'll be swallowing everything he has to give me. I double my effort, using my hands where my mouth can't reach, twisting my palms on every upward and downward stroke. This time, when I moan, I let it vibrate through him. Jax's hands tangle in my hair as he presses his hips up. I move my hands out of the way, giving him what he needs. Control. Jax likes control when he's coming. If it's in my mouth or deep inside my body. Eyes, he demands. That need for us to have eye contact shines through. My mind and body listen, seeing him come undone with my mouth on him. It causes my body to shiver as he thrusts his hips up one last time while I go down on his length and I suck up every drop he has to give. I lazily clean him up with my tongue before slithering up to lie next to him. He's still breathing heavily, eyes now closed. And now it's me who jokes. Are you falling asleep on me? Fuck no. Love you, sweetheart. His hand cups the back of my head until our faces are close to one another. I love you, Jax. Always. I give his lips a peck, my own eyes drooping. This week has caught up with me and I'm ready to fall asleep, wrapped up in my husband's arms, right where I belong. This has been Jax, a Hot Shots novella by Tori Baker. Read for you by Michael Pierce.
1: Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. You got all of and like it, I said- even an epilogue. It's extra sweet. Yep. I love <laughs> when they're short and extra syrupy sweet. That's my favorite. It's like a shot yep. of goodness.
0: I love when there's epilogues. I like if you read a book without one, it's almost fucked up. Now, <laughs> go check out Tori Baker. She has a new book that's coming out. What's to what day is this airing? What what day is it today? This is going to air on the twenty fifth. Yeah. So yeah, go check out. Yesterday she had a new book in her Hot Shots book release. It's called Cruise. That's available now. Again, like Mel said earlier, it's in Kindle Unlimited. It's ninety nine cents. So. Go and you can it. It's for pre-order now. And you can was
1: in this. You can get that one. That's on Kindle Unlimited too. Mm-hmm. His book is before.
0: Yeah. So it's, it. what's the order? Oh, okay. It's Jack's and then Cruz. And then, yeah, both of those will be out by the time you hear this. So, go grab those. But thanks Tori for bringing us Jax this week. We really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun and we love just having her books on here and also doing her promo and all that good stuff. Up next, we have Katie Wilde with The Midnight Bride. It is a previously played audiobook, but it is one of my favorites we've ever had on the podcast. It might, I think it's if we so voted good.
1: on it, it might be ranked one of the favorites.
0: I was going to say if when we pulled up the listens to see like, okay, what are some favorites? This was, on, I think this is is number one like one of the number one listened to books on the podcast which is insane so again you know we played this in the very beginning it was broken up into five parts there's like fake ads not like any there's no sense to it there's talking in some there's no talking in others like it's a wild ride so we decided to pull that one and put them all together and replay it for you so it's coming next week we can't wait for you to listen to it and I think tomorrow we have a release yes we do actually uh this is on the 25th so yeah tomorrow is the jealous groom so if you listen to the groom series and you want to know about the twins you get both of their stories in one click so we're really excited about that yeah tell them what to do fuck your day up make today your bitch don't be a dick bye guys bye